Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Toogie's Take Podcast. We are back again, reunited, and it feels so good. Us, the guys, the fellas. I was hoping Sin would fill in with the the, the Finnish uh, translation for each of those three words. Oh, I, I could I could only say you know welcome welcome to the podcast. That's that's it. All, I couldn't all, do all any you, of the other stuff. Just drop a bunch of uh, nonies and uh... <laughs> Sin, you're back. I am. Hooray! Sucks here. <laughs> 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 oh yeah i had a fucking great time even though like it's you know it was fortunately it was snowy i was being told it's like yeah it's usually not snowing this early in the year which is great because it was beautiful there i went mm. like sledding like every other day with oh my, my girlfriend God. it was magical she has like it just got this park outside of her apartment with like multiple different <laughs> fucking places you can just slide down <sighs> I um I'm not surprised that you were just like yeah hi I'm back I wish I wasn't <laughs> yeah I mean it's it's nice I got all my shit here uh, I did get to see Ismo uh do do stand up live which was goddamn that was that was so great got to hmm. do a lot of cool stuff fair enough well we are very happy to have you back we are very happy to mention that Endo is still not. Still, maybe he's not as sick as he was. He's he's hanging in there. I am ninety nine percent. I would say ninety five percent cured of whatever illness I had. Um, I was able to figure out what it was. Um, well, for the most part, I was able to narrow it down. It was either one of three things: it was either the flu, it was either COVID, or it was RSV. R- RSV is a, is a fucking crazy. Um, so you you RSV were doing also the has a high infection rate. So it makes sense that that's what it could have been. I still haven't gone to a doctor. I've talked to several people in the Smart. city who've had this disease or whatever the fuck it is. It's it's just respiratory and it's just killing me. But I'm okay now. My my voice yeah. is a little I, bit I better. I wouldn't go to a doctor either. No. no. <laughs> WebMD's got me covered. <laughs> yeah, I got cancer. It's fine. You know, it's it's friends with family. It's like, you, you're Canadian, bro. Go take care of that pretty good health care. Yeah, has the free health care. Doesn't fucking use it. That's what Plano was saying to me. She's like, you just go to a doctor. And I'm like, that's an inconvenience. Man, I got to mm-hmm. experience the private Finnish healthcare because I had an allergy attack, which was fucking scary. But uh, yeah, I, I, mm-hmm. I got to go to a Finnish doctor. Yeah. So why didn't there you go, go to doctor, Endo? <laughs> um, I don't know. I just I was just like, you know what? I'll sleep it off. If he dies, he dies kind of thing. Um, cause I knew it wasn't bad. I knew it wasn't like crazy bad. It was just, I'm mm. sick for a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, so the first two weeks, yeah, it's probably yeah. nothing. Fuck no, it. no, the first, no, the first two <laughs> weeks was COVID and then I got perfectly fine. And then I guess Polina had someone who at her work who was, um, like they had a co-op placement and they got everyone sick and Polina just got sick now and her dad's coming like in the next like 24 hours from the home motherland so there's that uh but besides that i'm good honestly i'm good all right so from of, the near death. Doing yeah. good. i live bitch for now for now yeah it's a threat take it as a morality threat. any 
anyway, um, and the update on me is I'm tired. Just all the time. Tired. Always working on stuff. Tired. Busy. Holiday season. It's four days until Christmas. What the fuck happened? I don't even know. I'm tired. It's been madness. Um, really, Sin, Sin left for Finland, and it's just it's just my schedule just went into freaking overdrive. And it's, it's been madness. And now that you're here, I hope to God things calm down. <laughs> That's yeah, it came back. And the sharks went right back to tanking. It's great. <laughs> Those fuckers. Fucking... They played lights out when I couldn't watch any of the goddamn <laughs> games because I wanted to sleep. <laughs> Motherfuckers. I had to watch I all the highlights, you. which were great. I texted you when you were over there. I'm like, you better not come home. Yeah. <laughs> the well, sharks are going to be back. Bro, <laughs> by the time I'm over there, you know, they're going to have a couple more years left. They're going to start turning that corner. They're going to win some cups. Fuck if I'm it, what by the time I'm living there, if if slash when you move to Finland, the Sharks will win a Stanley Cup while your permanent residence is not. I in the hope United so. States. I don't care. That's how what it takes. It. Yeah, I can't believe you've been so selfish just to still live in the U.S. this whole time. <laughs> You're the reason yeah. I want you right now to apologize to Joe. <laughs> Jumbo, I'm so sorry. I didn't know about Finland while you were still <sighs> playing. I didn't know about the glorious. Glorious, uh, just everything. God damn, I miss it. You should have known, though. He found his wife in Switzerland. Yeah, that's true. Europe's the place to be, despite what those guys, you know, with Greek fucking statue profile pics say. Mm. It's real. It's beautiful. And it's great. (sighs) Goodness. Well, with that, we have about a week's worth of hockey topics, if not a little bit more to catch up on, because obviously we haven't been able to get Sin's thoughts on, on too much as of late. Uh, and of course, we were going to record on Monday. And for the second Monday in a row, your boy lost power for about 24 yeah. hours. <laughs> right at the tail end of our sports gamer cast, too, for Sin and I. Um, nice. I had to solo that other cast, by the way. Yeah. 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 I need to ask yeah. Kenny for time and a half, man. Fuck mm. the hell! <laughs> I did, t- did twice as much work, son. You don't get to yeah, save me. <laughs> I, I did a lot of uh, sitting in the dark and, and reading. So that was fun. Um, shout, shout out to reading. Honestly, I love reading, dude. I'm reading through all the Harry Potter books again. For as negative, I still haven't seen the movies, and people are always pissed off at me for that. You motherfucker! Um, yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> damn. <laughs> Say what your chest You're came. so lucky you don't like live near me. <laughs> I would have legit forced you to watch him by now. <laughs> just, just like handcuff me. To I would have made a whole event. Have you seen Lord of the Rings? Yes. Okay. At least that's good. The extended editions, though. Yes. Here we go. Okay. I was going to say, if you hadn't, uh, you'd have had to come over. I would have made all the Hobbit meals throughout the day and we would have marathoned. Okay. Well, we can still do that, though. Yeah. Can still do that before you go. I'm I'm willing. I'm down. It's an early um, start. There's yeah, a lot of no, fucking my, meals. <laughs> <laughs> my mom is uh is a big fan of the, of the books and the movies. So yes, yeah. I, I I have seen them. Um, uh, I I have even seen the the vast majority of the more recent Hobbits. So you know, I yeah, I like them. For but you're there. okay. At least at least there's a sassy British dragon. You know. There's something for everybody in one of those films. <laughs> Sassy British. <laughs> you can't tell uh, me that doesn't define old Smaug to a T. It's okay? pretty good, yeah. <laughs> uh. Um, 
God, I don't even remember where the hell I was going with. Oh, reading. Hi. Reading. Um, it was kind of nice, though. Because, like, okay, if I have power, it's video games, television, YouTube, all the streaming apps. Power's out. All I have is this book. And there's no pressure to do anything else. I can just sit there and enjoy reading without being like, well, I could be working on something for YouTube. or Just able to sit there and enjoy reading and it was great i highly recommend it without the pressures of modern society it's just you god and literature baby all there is potential episode title although right now i'm pretty biased towards sassy british dragon to kick (laughs) that works that works to kick things off let's get a little warm-up question going here Question for the podcast. This comes from Unscrupping Hoopers, of course, by the way. If your co-hosts came to visit you at your hometown, what's one activity you would have them do that's unique or special to you slash where you live? Well, for Sin, clearly, it would be marathoning the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> uh, it's Harry Potter at this point. No, uh, nah, yeah. it's got to be unique or special to where I live. Yeah. Um, oh, I already. Yeah, I know what I'd do. Go ahead. I would take you to like california beach i know you have oceans there but they're just not the I same. Do. they're not the same. uh i'd take you to see some big ass fucking waves um and make your make your ass feel the water because it's cold as fuck boy compared to the atlantic like even the finnish water when i was there in the summer i expected it to be hella cold but I'm, no this is warmer than the pacific still all the way up north so yeah i'd take you probably ooh, it's a debate between capitola which is near Santa Cruz or to Bodega Bay, which is technically closer. It's where they film the birds and you see all mm. the historical little fucking shanties all the way. You drive up the one. It's like these t- little tiny buildings all the way up. It's, it's very California. Hmm. We'll get to uh... a good date. <laughs> we'll get to uh, fully relive Tippy Hedren's uh, trauma. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for God, I, for, I forgot t- her name. <laughs> what a fucking name. The 50s were weird. Oh, Man, God. take me to Venice Beach. I just want to go sash at the skate parks over there. Okay, I was like, yeah, don't go to the beach, man. She's yeah. dirty. Oh, God. Um, For me, I mean, again, like, I, I live in the middle of nowhere in Maine, man. So, I mean, it's... It's like you, uh, you want the you want, you want to shoveling your driveway and, and see the deer because yeah. we we just have deer walking across the yard all the fucking time. Hell yeah, someone needs to feed the deer for the internet now. Oh god. Uh my <laughs> wife is convinced that people are shooting at the deer at random times of the day. <laughs> is she? Yes. Are they just shooting out there? I wouldn't I think I so. mean Maine's Fun pretty season, yeah. baby. I think so. Is it season though? It is. Yeah, it is. Um, okay. Yeah, um, it, it's it's great for hike. I could take you. Uh, I don't live that far away from uh, a reserve, and uh, you can just drive by and see eagles just perched up mm. on poles and shit. And That'd it's be like, nice. Oh, cool. That's a big ass eagle. That's um, a alley. It's a big bird. It's it's a great outdoorsy place. It's like you want to honestly, I mean, I'd probably take the the sin route and just be like, hey, there's some sick ass hiking trails that are right along the Atlantic Ocean. 
Mm. That's a good way to spend a day. Um, or we just go a little bit further north until we find a moose, which really shouldn't take that long. And then you can be like, Friendly wow, that, that thing is the size of a, of a fucking F-150. <laughs> I have never seen a moose. I would be excited, but also fucking terrified because they are scary mo- mothers, dude. Correct. You never know what they're going to do, man. They, they kill people, Endo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like people I would love people to see too. One. I'm sure they're I'm majestic. Not afraid of everybody. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, yeah, it's it's a it's an adrenaline. I saw like, I mean, I shouldn't be. When I was in Alaska, I, I came, you know, essentially face to face with like seven different grizzlies over that trip, which is it's a humbling experience. I'm assuming it'd be the same as moose. Like, it's it's scary. You don't have time to process it at the time, though. Like, I'm mm. assuming it's gonna be. Yeah. Anyway, they are gigantic. Yeah, yeah they're big. <laughs> Endo, what are we doing, buddy, in Canada? Concrete jungle. Everyone's going to the Hockey Hall of Fame. Um, let's see what else. Actually, you know what? There are some really nice parks inside Toronto. Um, there's High Park, um, which is like a ravine area. You can just go in and look. They have a they have a they have a farm there. Um, they have uh, they have like a petting zoo there as well. Um, there's also um, God, what's the take, name of it? You take your boys to the petting zoo. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> the way my sister tells it, I tried to stick my finger up a goat's ass one time in a petting zoo. <laughs> I think what? she's fucking with me, but because uh, I have no recollection of this shit. I do remember mm. eating goats, and I remember the, this, that weird, very specific smell of the little like food pellets you give them. Mm. That's all I yeah. remember, though. You, there's you um, out the there's rest, a, huh? <laughs> like, yeah, there's a bunch of other stuff. She's full of shit. There's a, yeah, there's a bunch of other stuff. You can see the the homeless uh, epidemic in Toronto. Um, mm-hmm. You can see them renaming Nathan. Uh, was renaming Young Dundas Square to something else because Lord Dundas was a you know a tyrant. Um, honestly, there is a lot to see in Toronto besides the concrete jungle and. Everything that's just seen towers, sports, everything. Yeah, there, there are a lot of parks or a lot of places that you can really, really see as well. A lot of it isn't really in the downtown area. It'd be nice to go to Niagara Falls on the Canadian side, too. Hmm. Um, yeah. It'd be nice to, to see you guys come here. I don't just do a good sin. enough job selling it as you guys do, but, you know. That's okay. Just keep sitting away from the petting zoo, apparently. Yeah, don't, so you don't finger any <laughs> fucking animals. Jesus Christ. Dude, I'm just saying, like, she's full of shit, because I would do what it kicked me, right? I ought to get the shit kicked out of me. I'm I mean, old. maybe. It maybe, yeah, mean... maybe he's into that shit. I don't know. <laughs> I've been freaky since I was two. Oh, my God. It's like California air, buddy. I like <laughs> that you presume that a goat would kick you like a horse. <laughs> right? I don't. I. I don't know. They kick and headbutt. They're dangerous at both ends. <laughs> you would know. <laughs> <laughs> With that, let's the get into our first work. hockey topic, shall we? We have, uh, like I said, a lot to cover here. We'll have some more viewer questions sprinkled throughout the show. But I want to kick things off because uh, with this, speaking of assholes, our first topic today comes from the lovely folks at outsports.com 
who earlier this week named their asshole of the year. Now, previously, uh, for example, last year's winner was the FIFA organization, um, which was like hands down the the easiest slam dunk victory they'd ever had in regards to that, because, of course, FIFA last year held the World Cup in Qatar, and there was a lot about that. There's just a lot. So uh, Gary Bettman gets to join the fine folks of FIFA in regards to being named Outsports Asshole of the Year. Uh, This article comes from Ken Schultz with the header, Between banning pride jerseys and pride tape and telling everyone to accept homophobia, Gary Bettman caved to homophobes every step of the way this year. And um, that's, that's a title that I can't necessarily disagree with. It's been... Probably the biggest story this year. It's certainly been the most consistent. Um, you know, this article documents everything. And, you know, in regards to this whole story, a quote here, things began to unravel in January. We have literally been talking about this all year long. January is when Ivan Provorov refused to wear the warm-up jersey for the Flyers on their Pride Nights. And then... Obviously, the article details everything that has happened since. The subsequent issues that the Rangers, the Wild, Chicago, individual players as well. Um, it's it's very tough to disagree with in regards to just... I, I'd say how damaging this year has been to the NHL's reputation. Yeah. And it really does stem from Gary Bettman and the NHL's handling of what they've done. And, you know, you get the further embarrassment, there's no other way to put it, of players like Travis Dermott defying you, and then you did nothing. You get Marc-Andre Fleury wearing that mask in warm-up, defying you, and you did nothing. Because it's all bark, no bite, and as performative as what people claim pride tape to be in term of in terms of being a performative action, the NHL's response fits that to a T. Um, it's the actual performative thing. It's all yeah. projection when it comes to the opposition in this regard. Mm-hmm. Tired of having blah 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 shoved down her throat, blah. It's like. Yeah, it's performative activism. It's like, nah, bro. Like, people actually care. Just because you say shit and don't really care, like, <laughs> you just jump from one buzzword to the next. Like, it's, it doesn't mean other people don't, like, or other people do. And, yeah, I, you hit the nail on the head. Um, Gary Batman, the NHL as a whole, are just cowards. Because, like you said, they folded to a very small percentage of players, number one. They folded homophobia. They're cowardly in the fact that, like, okay, well, we just have to ban everything because it can't look like we're doing this. We don't want to do that. And But then they turn around and try to very silently ban Pride Tape. They sent memos out, right? Like, they didn't make a huge-ass, like, announcement or anything like that. Like, they sent memos out and things like that, expecting people to just toe the line. And then people start saying, no, fuck you. And they are toothless because they know 
what'll happen if they punish those players? <laughs> and I wish more fucking NHLers weren't cowards too. Like, stop just saying like, oh, we think it's a bad decision. Fucking do something. Right. Like, you don't, it doesn't, you, it, you don't have to be an activist. If you actually believe in it, if those are your words, then then do something. If you don't, then fucking say you don't care. Like right. L- the, the, the LGBT plus community, they don't want people to just to be performative activists, as you know, so many people claim certain people are. So right. just be real. And yeah, and they no one liked, you know, every time a Pride Night popped up where there'd be a bunch of scumbags coming out of the woodwork just to shit on everything and and all that kind of stuff. And that's, again, a very vocal, but a very small minority as much as they want to believe because they have their echo chamber of other loud assholes that they're this huge majority of people. Every single poll study shows that they're on the opposite side and continuing to shrink. So it's like same for the NHL. If you're not going to, if you're not going to actually hold to it, then don't fucking have a pride night. I said this before, I believe like if you're not, if if it's something you don't really believe in or whatever, like just don't do it because it's politically convenient. I hate that shit. I mean, the, the term performative pride, corporate pride has been out there. And I think, yeah, that's, that's why again, you... that's the real perform performative stuff. It's like, give it, give us your fucking money and then shut up. And, but it's never used. People are always pointing performative at the people on the ground level and not the, you know, companies and shit like that. So, Sorry to cut you off. No, it's cool. I mean, it's, you know, it's it's one of those things where I feel like what the NHL has done here is is more damaging than, you know, we, we see it every Pride Month. Um, you know, people change their logos yep. on Twitter and then that's it. Mm-hmm. And that is the definition, or at least I would think, of performative pride. But I feel like the NHL took it to a, a new level because you were doing that. Up until someone in your league said, uh, and then you immediately backtracked. Like, instead of just being like, look, Ivan, cool, whatever. You're going to catch heat on Twitter. It is what it is because we're not changing this. You caved to <laughs> him, to the stalls, etc. Um, Like, that, that to me takes the cake. Is like, okay, this was a performative action because the second it was... Potentially damaging for you to support it, you bend it as quickly as you could. That's a hell of a lot worse than, uh, uh, again, I don't know their history. I'll throw out Kia. Like the, the Kia car manufacturing Twitter account putting a Pride logo on their, you know, their profile picture. What the NHL did is a hell of a lot more damaging than that, which most people see through that as it is, you know? Mm-hmm. Um uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's, it's just been an exhausting year in that regard, and literally a year. Like I said, it, it was last January that this whole story started, and it's still probably not going away anytime soon. I mean, especially to, you know, the example of Travis Dermott and stuff like that. And it's it's a crossover from the political situation that's going on in this country, because for as much as people say keep politics out of sports, uh, politics bleed into everything, sports yeah. included. That's that's a thing. Why do you think it was a big deal for the U.S. men's hockey team to beat Russia in the semifinal in 1980? 
It wasn't they just because of the sports, everybody. It was because of the politics. Yeah, they don't get it. I mean, they get it. They just don't want to fucking look no, at it. No, they don't care. No. I mean, it, it, no. You know, Jesse Owens at the, uh, you know, the Berlin Olympics during World War II, um, that was only a big deal because it was Jesse Owens. It had nothing to do with the politics of the situation. Um, it had nothing to do with what was going on in the U.S., nothing to do with what was going on in Germany. No, it was just because it was a very impressive performance. You see how ridiculous that sounds, everybody? You see? You see? And if you don't realize how ridiculous that sounds, read a book. I encourage you, particularly during a power outage, but maybe don't wait for that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, and like you said, it's always it feels like more so it's the it's the people at the ground level where it's the the ter- Lord knows, like I've been hit with it. The white knighting uh-huh. comments and stuff like that, because God forbid someone show a basic level of support. Like for the vast majority of this year, like, you know, I kept the Jersey wall and pride colors. Right now it's Christmas colors. It'll be going back, you know, just as a little kind of wink and a nod to people that like, hey, I'm not going to be a dickhead. Um, you know, through multiple charity donation or, you know, uh, drives, we, we've had donations to, uh, charities in regards to that specific stuff. And you'll still get hit with the performative label and shit like that, because everything's performative. If you don't agree with it, there's no, yeah. I don't believe in this. So there's no way you could possibly believe in this yeah. is essentially how people conduct themselves because the internet's garbage. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, it's because people only they they can only like uh, <laughs> it seems like there's so many people who just lack so much empathy they can't imagine that uh, what they believe in the way they run their lives uh, other people aren't wired the same way, mm-hmm. which is what you see when like for example someone online if they like hey back up particularly a woman's point. Someone's like, ah, oh, you just fucking, you just think she, yeah, she's gonna fucking lay you or something like that. It's like, bro, yeah. like, just because you only view women as this potential sexual conquest doesn't mean other people do. And that's it's it's the biggest out of 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 who people are is that when they say that this is performative, this is stuff like that, it's really all projection because they that's how they live their life, that's how they are, and so they think you can't be different. <laughs> A shout out to Gary Bettman for winning OutSports 2023 Asshole of the Year. Again, you can read the full article by Ken Schultz on OutSports.com. Um, way to go, Gary. Banner, banner year for one Gary Bettman as the He'll get an extension for this. Oh, he'll, he'll be here. He'll be here for a long time. Don't you worry. He'll be here. For as long as Jonathan Huberto is going to be in Calgary. (laughs) And I'll take advantage of that potential segue. It wasn't the next topic we were going to cover. But I did want to mention this. I I saw this earlier in doing prep for the show. Um, In the Dome on Twitter mentioned, Jonathan Huberto is currently on a nine-game pointless streak and on pace for just 38 points this season. He is second last on the team an on-ice goal differential at five-on-five, and first in the team on giveaways. A reminder of his contract, and this was what blew my mind. We all know he got that big damn extension that really has boxed Calgary into a situation of, oh, God, what do we do? We don't know what they're going to do with Hannafin, Lindholm, etc. 
And they're in a spot of paying Jonathan Huberto $10.5 million until 2031. Um, it's an eight-year deal. 2031 uh, is an interesting year. That'll be the year that Connor McDavid turns 35 years old. <laughs> Oof. Um, I don't know what the hell is happening there. Uh, there's a full no-move clause, by the way, for uh, Huberto for the first six years of the deal. Um, obviously, we wait to see what Calgary is going to do over the next little bit, especially leading, leading into the deadline. It's also worth noting that I feel horrible for Jonathan Huberto. As much as you can feel horrible for an athlete making 10 million bucks a year, this guy, last or his last season in Florida, 115 points in 80 games. Last season in Calgary, 55 points in 79 games, a 60-point drop-off, the largest individual drop-off in NHL history. And now this year, if he were to play 79 games again, or again, he had 55 points in that time last year, he is on pace for just 37 points. That is brutal. How somebody goes from 115 points, a near 80-point drop-off over the course of two seasons. Christ. I I, I don't even know what to say in regards to that. Like, that's just... I know it's unheard of, essentially, that that could be the reality of the situation. I don't think we've ever seen a contract age that poorly. You know, you have had situations where... Uh, with the Leafs, you know, people still make fun of like David Clarkson to this day. Uh, that David Clarkson situation and that contract, and of course they dealt it to Columbus for Nathan Horton, and Nathan Horton never played because he was injured. I, I don't think you can find a contract situation worse than what's gone on with Jonathan Huberto in Calgary so far. I hope he turns it around, but Jesus Christ. Yeah. So wanted wanted to mention that again we'll cover calgary more in the new year as things continue to play out um but speaking of feeling bad for uh million dollar athletes we have another question here this one comes from aj should games be played on christmas day or should athletes get the day off now sin when we went over these questions before the show you said uh of course they should get the day off. Yes. Which led me and, and Endo to bring up the fact that the NBA has had Christmas Day games for a long time. At this so was the NFL, I believe. The NFL too. has had their Thanksgiving Day games. I I I don't know. Like I, I me personally, I feel like, well, it comes with the territory type of thing. Like if you're playing in one of these leagues, you, you kind of know like these are just staples of the sport at this point. It's bound to happen. Um should people have the day off? Probably. Are there great TV ratings to be had by being the big sporting event on Christmas when families are together? Yes. So that's what these uh, organizations are gonna do. I just can't say I'm all that surprised by it, but it, it, people should probably have the day off. Yes, I don't think that I don't think they're getting paid time and a half for working the holiday. <laughs> nope. Um, yeah, I, that's that meme of that guy standing up. We should stop making holidays revolve around sports anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like Thanksgiving, let's all just fucking watch football and like it's cool, I guess. But like, 
I don't know, man. Uh, I mean, I hear you, right? Like, there have certainly been years where it's like, all right. You know, I, like this year for Thanksgiving for me, it was like, all right, I'm going to keep an eye on the football, but I'm not glued to the TV as it's happening type of thing. That is not the case for everybody. <laughs> no. Uh, I know some family members that uh, grab their plate and go sit in front of the television because you can't miss the Detroit Lions losing on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, tradition. Sorry, but, you know, for the most part, that's the way it's gone down. So give people the day off. Let people enjoy themselves. Let people be people and enjoy the company of people. Although then again, for some people's families, you might not enjoy the company of said people. But hey, they're family, so you got to try to enjoy the company of said people at least. Oh for a boy! <sighs> I just I don't know. I feel like athletes. Yeah, uh, for me, I just think about their kids mostly, like, mm. and think about to my childhood how great it was to wake up on Christmas morning and you know have your family and whatnot and get gifts and yeah, I don't know. And it's just like, so what do they do on those Christmas Day games? They're are just yeah i don't know i it's tough like i get it it's probably not that big of a deal to some people but i'm just like maybe the athletes involved don't care but i don't know i think i think it's important to just have moments in our lives where we're just focused on the things that matter at the time which is just being present you know being with your family and watching some football. Yeah. yeah. Are you ready for some football? Four downs, baby. Let's go. <laughs> oh, God. Shout out to AJ for the question. Another topic that we have to bring up here. Speaking of, uh, of teams that have been struggling, much like the Calgary Flames, let's talk about the Ottawa Senators. We haven't gotten to discuss them yet. They finally mercifully put noted very nice man DJ Smith out of his misery after four years four and a half as the head coach of the Senators he finally was let go on December 18th after what has been frankly a nightmare season for the Sens I think there's quite a few teams that you can look at to say they are worse than expected. Um, Sends are number one in that regard. I I think they have to be, right? Like, if you look at the standings right now as we record this the uh, afternoon of December 21st, um, the uh, bottom teams in the league right now, the Sharks, expected. Chicago, expected. Ottawa, not expected for them to be in 30th. All the changes that have been made to that roster recently. Oh, my God, they are. I didn't even notice that. Technically, on points percentage, um, they are one spot higher above the Ducks. But, you know, so even if we go off a of points percentage, it's still not a very pretty picture, right? They're it's 29th. horrible. I mean, they their fans were fucking talking about playoffs. And I, I wanted it for yeah. them. I'm not completely on the, uh, you know, the fuck Ottawa bandwagon. Um, but, like, <laughs> damn, dude. Like, mm-hmm. what do they need? Is are those contracts going to come back and haunt them? I thought mm, I thought they looked okay, but like I don't know, man. I just they they need to figure something out because in my opinion they have way too much talent to mm. be 
doing this. Like, I don't get it. Yeah. And I mean, now, now comes the time where we'll find out what the issue was, right? The Edmonton Oilers, as we know, fired their head coach um, a couple weeks ago, if not a month ago now in Jay Woodcroft. And they have been better. Uh, they are still Sub in the bottom 20. Let's see, 28, 27, 26. They're still 25th in the league in points percentage yeah. after a brutal start to their season. Uh, they have won seven of their last 10, oh, no, but they've right. lost three in a row. Yeah. Um, you know, they have looked better. But then the question is, well, is it too late? And, you know, you, you find out that answer when you fire a coach of, okay, well, let's find out what you guys are really made of then. I still think that Oilers roster is deeply flawed because Ken Holland has passed his expiration date. Yeah, he's a horrible, horrible GM. With DJ Smith, that's the question now of, okay, how much was he holding the team back? People are saying he was holding the team back. Well, let's see how much of this was on DJ Smith versus how much of it is with the team construction. Ottawa... Um, has already had a GM change this season as well. Um, again, Pierre Dorian was fired less than two months ago. And Steve Steos, former NHLer Steve Steos, is the GM, the interim GM of the Sens, and has been since November 1st. So this is a really interesting time for Ottawa right now, being where they are with an interim GM. You fired your coach, your interim head coach, uh, is the same as the old coach because they hired Jacques Martin, 71-year-old Jacques Martin, whose first NHL head coaching gig came at the age of 33 back in 1986 when he was named the head coach of the Blues. Since that time, he was an assistant coach with Chicago, with the Quebec Nordiques, with Colorado, before he left to be the head coach of the Ottawa Senators in January of 96, a job he held for eight years through the 2003-2004 season. He then went on to coach in Florida, Montreal, I mean... In terms of an experienced coach, tough to find somebody more experienced than Jacques Martin. Uh, but at the same time, I, I guess that kind of sends a message, right? Of we're going to bring in the old guard here to try and steer the ship because the, the younger player-friendly coach didn't work. I do wonder for Ottawa, what's next? If things go poorly this season or continue to go poorly this season. Um Obviously, it's like, okay, they, they kept Claude Giroux. He's there through next year. They brought in Tarasenko this year on a one-year deal, so they'll certainly shop him at the deadline. But a lot of their players aren't on expiring deals anytime soon. So I, I'm intrigued to see just how much they kind of strip it down and try to rebuild on the fly around that younger core as they continue to get more experience. Because you're talking about Timmy Stutzel being 21. Brady Kachuk and Josh Norris are both 24. Jake Sanderson's 21. Um, Chikrin's 25. You know, they, they do have a younger a younger core 
I'm intrigued to see. It's very though. young. Like I, I don't. Yeah. That's another thing I don't think people understand. Like that's really young. Twenty one. Like not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's the same situation as the Sabers, where they've been a team that's been worse than expected by most accounts. But look at how young that core is. The goaltending of Uko Pekalukinen at 24 years old, Devin Levi at 21. And then, man, if they're not clicking, you're relying on Eric Comrie. Like, I, I get that there is the excitement surrounding teams like Ottawa, uh, teams like Buffalo, but at the same time, that's just kind of the nature of the beast is that a lot of people will get too hyped too fast. Yeah. for these teams. And, you know, Buffalo missed the playoffs by a point last year, but it doesn't mean that, oh, young team can't take a step back. Seattle, they've taken a step back this year, too, after a really hot start um, and a really good performance last year and making the playoffs. And that's just kind of how these things go. Um, Columbus made big changes, obviously. Uh, some better some for better, some for worse, heading into the season. But Columbus had made big changes thinking, hey, we're going to be better. Apparently not. And that that happens. Every single year that happens of teams that, hey, we're going to be better. Well, no, you're not. Hey, our young guys are going to be that much better this season. Well, maybe not. And it can kind of halt progress a little bit. It just depends on how bad progress has been halted. Yeah. But... You know, you look at the the kind of bottom 10 right now are teams that are under 500. You know, Calgary, yeah, they're they're a bit of a mess right now. Edmonton, they're a bit of a mess right now because you have the best player in the world and a top five, top 10 at worst player on the same damn team in Leon Dreisaitl. That's a disaster to be that low. Seattle? This is their third season. Not everyone's Vegas making a cup run. Like that was the exception to the rule. I, I was watching a hockey guy uh, video earlier today and, or maybe it was yesterday. It doesn't matter. And, you know, he kind of made that point of, I think it was the, the misery index for fan bases right now. And just, he made that point for Seattle fans where it's like, you know, maybe it's upsetting, but I don't think it's like, Oh God, what a disaster, you know, um, for Buffalo. Again, I still think, Super, super young team. Darlene's what, 23, 24? They have time. There's very few teams, I think, that need to be panicking that are at the bottom, at least for those who weren't expecting to be there. There you go. Ottawa. Uh, I hope it works out. At the very least, Daniel Alfredson is on an NHL bench now. He's back, baby, as an assistant. Um, I I mean, we we love We love Daniel Alfredson around here. <laughs> Bring back the Senators in 2K10. Maybe we will. We've talked about that, too. The idea of heading into the new year once everyone has a little bit more time of bringing back our, our Parsec Pals mm. run. Maybe it is on 2K10. Maybe it's a, a different game of a similar era. We have options. I do wonder. Like Obviously, I, I adore 2K10. I do wonder... What what you know? What would that be like in like NHL 04 or NHL 10, 14, Legacy? 14 would be the good one. 14 yeah. or Legacy would be amazing. I don't know if in NHL 04 because we have skill stick, lock. man. God, 
I like the games without the skill stick, though. I gotta be honest. Ew. I'm sorry. Shad, I'm just... the non-believer. Shad. But like, just... UK10 has a skill stick. Yeah, but it's it's modified, not quite the same as NHL. Mm. And I feel like the problem with uh, the EA NHL series in a lot of ways, and why people are like, oh man, so many of the games feel the same, is because of the skill stick. You know, games leading up to NHL 07 and the skill stick were all kind of similar, but had their own unique little quirks about them. Whether it was Gretzky, uh, EA NHL, NHL 2K, they all had their own little quirks about them. But now that the skill stick has been a permanent thing since 2006, when NHL 07 came out, you know, we're talking about almost 20 years now of that being the standard. So obviously a lot of games are going to feel the same because they haven't really changed much about it. Well, you know, people when it first want came it out in 07, it was janky as shit, but they figured it out pretty quick. That's the thing. People want it to feel the same. That's what I've learned. I don't. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm, I'm aware, but that's what a lot of the community want, especially people like competitive hut players, especially oh, yeah. uh, winning teams of esports event and sixes. They want it to feel the same because that was good. Uh, so, yeah, when NHL 24 dropped, honestly, most of the people bitching was about all the new features and stuff like that after complaining for multiple years that this is the same game. This is copy paste. Yep. And then it comes out and all they do the entire first couple months now of NHL 24 is push it back into the direction of NHL 23. Mm-hmm. That's all they've done. Bumps in front of the net penalties. Pressure system. You know, they keep they're going to keep fucking tuning that down, I'm sure. We've, they've already gotten, you know, the the timer thing, uh, the threshold for for how easy it is to to get rid of. And then, you know, then they add in the, okay, it's less of a stat decrease now when you're under full pressure. Like, goalies <sighs> got nerfed to oblivion. Did they? they did. They did. We've been seeing some sick fucking goalie efforts in. Yeah. Well, at least in the offline component. I don't know well, what it is, but yeah, like super, super like low risk shots going in certain things that, that shouldn't happen go happening uh, guys. Like it's not that the goals are bad. It's that the AI logic and to like trigger what save and what sort of thing is shit. It's, it's always been shit, though. I think it's the worst it's ever been. Uh, but anyway, um, well, yeah, to, so pe- to people your just point, want though. the same fucking game. That's all. Yeah. I mean, to your point, though, like the reason why people want that is because they get really, really good at something and then having to adjust and adapt sucks because you might not be as good anymore and you still want to be good. You want to be one yeah. of the top hot players. You want to be on a top Eshel team and having to change anything that can damage how good you are at the game is viewed as a personal slight, even though it shouldn't be. But <sighs> that is the way that it is. Another viewer question here to break things up. And actually, we got a couple because both of these surrounded um, or not surrounded, but included the topic of the Hall of Fame. So we'll go to this first one. If you had your own Hockey Hall of Fame of players that would never make the Hall of Fame, but you loved for some reason, who would be your starting three? Hmm. So I think we can each nominate a person here. Okay. Somebody... The, the inaugural class of the Tukey's Take podcast, Hall of Fame of players who wouldn't actually make the real-life NHL Hockey Hall of Fame and, hang, and who can't read good. 
Um, who would your first ballot, first inductee to the Hall of Fame be of favorite players that weren't actually Hall of Famers? And why is it Mark Smith? <laughs> no, it's Yevgeny Nabokov. Fair. He's in, he's only in the San Jose Hockey Hall of Fame. Mm. He was real fucking good for the Sharks. Like he was our, he was elite. I don't know. What else he to say? made it so that trading Mika Kippersoft didn't seem that bad. <laughs> that yeah. says a lot. I guess, but yeah, <laughs> they were both <laughs> okay, really maybe good. Not. Yeah, maybe it is yeah, still the, painful. <laughs> no, it, it's not at all. Like I, yeah, it's just sucks we had to choose but like that was a crazy era for sharks goaltenders yeah like we had kiprasov and nabokov had to trade one went with nabby who is more of the starter at the time which makes sense he still kicks ass was in the vesna running multiple times um yeah and then we had toskala come on a bit later too who had a really good stretch with the team as well and then toronto ruined him unless they do every single goaltender that comes through there you know what's funny is I'm looking at the numbers here for Nabokov and Kiprasov because they're both very comparable. Um, both were late round picks in the 94 and 95 draft, respectively, Nabokov being a year older. Um, both of them over 300 wins in their careers. Um, Nabokov played 697 games to Kiprasov's 920 or uh, 623, excuse me. So both in the 600s, um, 15 more shutouts. Nabokov, but career numbers. Kiprasov, 249 goals against average. Nabokov, 244. Nabokov, 911 save percentage. Kiprasov, 912. They were, I mean, you really yeah. couldn't have gone wrong. Like, there no. are some people I think that would still say, ah, Kiprasov over Nabokov, and that's fine. But at the same time, what a situation that was for the Sharks back in the yeah. day, huh? You, you literally insane. couldn't make the wrong choice. One of them had to go, though, because you can't run that as a tandem forever. Um, but goddamn, goddamn, just looking at those numbers is crazy. And I think, you know, looking at some of these individual seasons, though, too, um, Kippersoff did have the best individual season in uh, 03-04, the year that they went to the cup final. Uh, he played 38 games and had a 9.33 save percentage and a 1.69 yeah. goals against average. That's insane. Um, Nabokov's best season, unless I'm this, he had two seasons over a 9.20 save percentage, both in 0304 and then again in 2009 2010, which kind of shows his longevity because by 2009 2010, oh well, wait, never mind. Kiprasov had a 9.20 that year too. They were both so good and for so yeah. long. God damn. That's a fair shout. Endo, your Hockey Hall of Fame inductee for a player that you really like, even though they'd never actually make the Hockey Hall of Fame. The defector. He's not trying to get in. Oh, McGillney? Yeah. Mm. He's not going to make it in. It's unfortunate, but he's not going to make it in. That's a it'll fair be, shout. It'll be a cold day when the NHL, not sorry, when the NHL, when the uh, Hockey Hall of Fame or the governing bodies who actually let people in actually decide to put him into the hall. Like, I just don't know what it is. He's got the points. 
he's got the not even just the points but just like the story alone itself mm-hmm. could put him in the hall taking a big risk like that to migrate over to North America making a big making a big risk like that to migrate over to North America like come Mogilny on has been probably at the top of the list of biggest snubs for the Hockey Hall of Fame really for like the past 15 years nearly yeah. Um, his first year of eligibility was in 2009, and he still hasn't gotten in. Um, there are so many different articles that are out there in regards to here's why he should be in. Here are comparable players that are in. Here are players that he's better than, but he's not in. And then to Endo's point, the idea of the you know him being one of the players that took a gigantic risk of defecting from the USSR to come over. Um, You know, he was a fifth round pick in 1988 because the Sabres and really anybody could not guarantee uh, that he would come over. Um, There's literally an article from (laughs) defector.com, which is tremendous. Um, Written by, let me get the name. Barry Pacheski from earlier this year at Defector.com, um, where it notes, uh, quote, no Soviet player had ever been on an NHL roster, and though the USSR was starting to fall apart, uh, what was essentially the KHL at the time, was still very protective of its young players, especially young talents like Mogilny. And they worked it out as to where he was able to come over. Quote, they set up a dramatic extraction, bundling Mogilny into a car outside of a shopping mall where players on the USSR team had been given a day off as a reward for winning the gold medal at the 1989 World Championships in Stockholm. They drove Mogilny around for seven days, never staying in one place for more than a few hours to avoid the KGB as a Red Army officer, he was a deserter as well as a defector until the U.S. consulate could clear his entry into the States. So not only did he go through that, being driven around in a car for days until they could clear his entry into the country, he set the standard for what would happen. Because the next year, Sergei Fedorov did the same thing. A year after that, Pavel Bure was able to do the same thing. I mean, it's yeah, it, it, it speaks for itself. The impact in terms of off the ice, let alone on the ice, Alex McGillney, that's uh that's a very fair shout. Yeah. Not to mention like it even has like stuff happening right now with Russia in terms of development with youth players. Like I've said mm-hmm. it before, they have in past a law or a scripture in there. That basically says that if a player, if a youth player wants to leave Russia and play for somewhere in North America, Europe, you have to buy out your your um, not only necessarily your rights to play there, but you have to pay back almost I think it's a big, massive lump sum of money because that's your training fees. And you have to pay back your school because they consider it like a waste, not a waste, but, you know, compensation for your time kind of thing. And that stuff trickles down now. And you even have issues with players like Michkov, who 
is signed on to play until he's 20, until he's at least 20. And it wouldn't be surprised if there's more issues with them trying to keep him in Russia to play the KHL even longer. So that way he can't play in the NHL. Like it's, there, there's more stuff even going on. They're trickling down to this day, even. Hmm. For me, and it was tough to oh, kind of think of one player and whether or not I wanted to go um, in a different direction. I'm not sure. Oh, goodness. Do I want to go with the Bruins player or not? You know, I, I think I got to lean into the meme. I have to do it. Tuka Rask. Although, does Tuka Rask have too good of a shot at the Hall of Fame? I mean, is he not? Is he? Is he eligible yet? Not yet. No, five years. He's, yeah, he's got a couple of years to wait. He's so got to go it's, in. Like, I would like to think, but may, to me, it's I see an opportunity here to give Tuka Rask credit, which, as we've talked about throughout the history of the show, so many fucking Bruins fans and media in Boston will not. Shout out to Taco Bell, by the way. They're not paying us, but shout out to Endo Mills and Taco Bell. <laughs> I got the wrong order, so I got a full refund and $8 on top as well. So There you go. Um, yeah. For Tuka Rask, he, always, he, he never gets the credit that he deserves. His career numbers, by the way, right? Because I just named off mm-hmm, for the mm-hmm. likes of Kippersoff and Bokoff. Yeah. 564 games, 308 wins, a 228 goals against average. With a career save percentage of, any guesses? Uh, nine twenty-one. Nailed it. Did I? Wow. Let's fuck nine twenty-one through five hundred and sixty-four games. And some people might say, "Oh, but the coaching and the structure and the char in front of him for so many years." You still have to get the job done, though. You still got to make the saves. <laughs> Again, he's probably too good to not make it. But at the same time, I I can see it already. Oh, here's why he doesn't deserve to be in. He didn't win a cup like Tim uh, like Tim Thomas. And uh, wasn't he on that team though? Wasn't he the backup? Tuca was on the Tuca was the backup for the team that uh, won the cup. So the year before, (laughs) in 2009 2010, he was the starter. 45 games played with a 931 save percentage. But he was the guy in goal when they blew it in the playoffs and got reverse swept by Philly. He did have a 912 in that postseason run. Oh, how horrible. Awful. That's terrible. Jesus. Um. So the next year, Tim Thomas ended up winning out the starting gig, ended up winning the cup. Then you fast forward to 2012-13, where Tuca was the starter again. They made it to the Stanley Cup final, lost to Chicago in six. Tuca Rask that postseason, 22 games played, a 188 goals against average, and a 940 save percentage. But boy, it's his fault they didn't win the cup that year. And then, of course, in his career, 104 playoff games with a 925 save percentage. Like he's, dude, he's Hall of Fame. I would be shocked if he doesn't make it in. Like, I for but you, you may be right because goalies have such a hard time getting into the Hall of Fame for some reason. I feel like that's lightened up recently, but 
again, like I hope that like Luongo making it in or whoever else can kind of ease things up. I, I feel like I'm I'm wasting my breath here because Tuka Rask should be a Hall of Famer. But there's a fear of mine instilled in me by the Boston media being the fucking dumbest people on the planet that he won't get in due to this narrative of, well, he couldn't do what Tim Thomas did, which is a horrifying Why do people like Tim Thomas so it. much. That's fucking weird. American. Like he had a cool, good mm. stretch, grats, and then he was like Hold never on, good. Where is he again. from? Tim Thomas, he's from Michigan. Yeah. A Michigan boy. Like he's he's essentially fucking Scott Darling, and he just won a <laughs> cup. Like that, Tim Thomas is essentially Scott Darling. Who I just yeah, realized the, the, the reason was why, much better, but yeah, the reason why he got the starting job as well, what was because Tim Thomas didn't play twelve thirteen. He took a year right. off. Yeah. Had to I, set I up just, a bunker. Like I said, I hope I'm wasting my breath and that. You know, the Tuka's there, right? Like, even if you look at something like, you know, I mean, there's plenty of the, the stats all back him up, but even something like even strength save percentage in his career was a 929. You know, like, it just, he was so fucking good. So fucking good. And I hope he makes it. But like I said, I just have this fear that he won't. So I had no choice but to throw him into th- the mix. There's plenty of other players I like that. I think they liked him because he was gritty. He wasn't afraid to like hit people in the net. <laughs> Who you know, like, a, mo- a modern job. Ron Hextall. And I mean, like... I guess that fits in with the whole like New England style. Massachusetts itself, you know. It's super New weird Nebraska. though because I do think you're right. In that, like, Tim Thomas won favor for being like, oh, did you see how he punched Sadine with the blocker? Tuca would never do that. But Tuca yep. was the passionate type that would fucking throw a milk crate across the ice oh, <laughs> for losing a shootout Listen, to Providence. I yeah. heard I had to sit next to a bunch of Providence Bruins fans last night at the Marlies game, and I heard the worst fucking takes about goaltending I've heard in my entire life. And it's it, it, I'm like anything I have to hear about like Boston Bruins or the whole organization like fans about goaltending. I think you're like the the only person who's had like level headed takes besides like fucking Pete Bra- Pete Blackburn. Oh, what chaos indeed! My goodness, we'll skip that second Hall of Fame question because that one went longer than I thought it would. Um, another big topic which has kind of continued throughout the year. I mean, it's eternal is officiating and the standard. What we didn't get to talk about, I think actually did anyone and I, did we get to talk about this on last week's show? I'm not sure, but Sin certainly hasn't gotten to talk about it on the show. Dylan Larkin was involved in an incident. Not all that long ago where he ended up fucking face down unconscious on the ice. And since that had happened, um, other incidents of course had popped up. Even since, over the past week, since our last show, uh, David Posternock had a game misconduct for boarding Ryan Lindgren. Which, yeah, that was a fucking penalty worthy of a game misconduct. I don't care what Mark Mathot says on Twitter about, oh, well, you know, it's a player putting himself in a bad situation. It's a bad situation, then. You admit that it's a bad situation and that a player probably shouldn't have put himself there. 
to then end up getting fucking railroaded by somebody, which is fucking illegal. Psych, um, you have thought. Jacob McDonald, well done. Jacob McDonald on the Sharks got a game misconduct uh, for a hit on uh, I think it's Sam Malinsky on Colorado. Uh, and rightfully so. It was a brutal hit. I didn't see it. So yeah. <laughs> we know the on ice standard of officiating is brutal. Not just in the NHL. Last night on stream, it was shared for me the clip uh, from the Geo JHL in uh, Ontario. Ontario Junior Hockey League. It is the second feeder to the OJHL, which is the feeder to the OHL. Thank you very much, Pierre. You're um, welcome. I can. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there was a clip there that we watched where it was a player who got a four game suspension for grabbing a guy and just jackhammer punches to the face of this kid who's turtling up and the clip is bad enough. And then you wait like five, six seconds until a referee comes into frame skating towards them. And then there's a camera cut that shows a referee was standing there the entire fucking time with his arm in the air to say penalty. And the thing is, you could believe that happening in the NHL, too. Because I'm sorry, I get it's a difficult job. No disrespect to new referee, our boy, Chris Rumble. Yeah. Um, but most referees are trash. That's just the fact. <laughs> that, that, that's what it is. That's what it is. It's not quite uh, a cob in terms of uh, in terms of referees, but it's close. It needs to be almost all referees are trash. You can come up with the uh, the acronym on your own. Arab. Um, Arab. <laughs> All refs are bastards. <laughs> Arab, huh? Yeah. I don't know if we're going with that over uh, Sassy British Dragon for the episode title, but it's in the running. In the running. Um, and then off the ice, you have plenty of examples, too, of what the fuck's going on with the NHL. Um, the this is from Frank Saravalli. The NHL and the NHLPA were investigating a quote gap in protocol that led to Coyotes defenseman Yusuf Valamaki lingering without care for hours in a Dallas hospital after suffering a severe facial injury that ultimately required 55 stitches to stop internal bleeding. <laughs> so on the ice, it's a mess. Off the ice, it's a mess, and it leads Dylan Larkin to say. Quote, it's hard to feel safe about the way the NHL does discipline. Quote, I think if you look, the last week in the league has been pretty eye-opening. It's got to be an interesting time to be a player right now. Because you know the on-ice officiating is spotty, and they're not exactly going to be able to protect you like they're supposed to. You know that the Department of Player Safety is anything but and then even afterwards if you have to be transported to a local hospital you still might not get the proper care that you're supposed to get love it 2023 hasn't exactly been a banner year for the nhl has it the on ice product is as good as it's ever been in terms of the skill level of these players but everything else surrounding them is failing not yeah. great. Not great. Just needed to throw uh, it out. Do you want an update about, a, uh, about the uh, GOJHL player, Aiden Doyle? Sure. 
Yes. Uh, you know, we got that four game suspension, which is hilarious. Um, but also this, the second game back is a rematch with that same team. Now, another thing about that as well is he's had five teams in the span of five years being the go, uh, being in the GOJHL. He has 18 points and 218 penalty minutes in 94 games. That he is a literal enforcer. He'll fit in really well in the uh, Quebec League there. Chuck and Nucks, bring it back. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Just chasing the dream. That's what it's all about. Chasing the dream of being a professional hockey player. And if I have to ruin my brain and someone else's to get there, well, by God, someone will at least write a book about me 20 years from now. Yeah. You see, like, shit like like this would... Half the replies in here are like, oh, this shit's like, oh, it's just like in the 80s and all that shit. And it's like, yeah, it, it was a different time entirely. Like, ah, yes. you don't do this now because you're not a fucking idiot. And this kid's clearly an idiot just going out there and pumping the brakes on people just because he can. Especially if it's his fifth year in the league. Mm. He's definitely like, this is probably his last of eligibility. And he's just going out there beating the brakes out of kids because what else is there to do? Nothing else. The glory days of the 80s where we didn't have the medical knowledge that we have and we thought a concussion was just, oh, you got your bell rung, chief, and that's it, and we move on with our day. No consequences. It's fine. Just a headache, maybe. Glory days. Not quite. In terms of some other topics that we had to bring up here, We'll get to uh, as many of these as we can before you guys like, ah, okay, we've hit our limit. The first also has to do with some glory days because the NHL Winter Classic is coming up in Seattle as the Golden Knights will take on the Kraken. They have announced performances for this show. Performing at this event are two local acts from the Seattle area. Um, Sir Mixalot and Hart of Barracuda fame. Um, now look, I, I, I think both these acts are, are great. However, Sir Mixalot according to his Wikipedia, began his music career in 1981. The band Heart, which is primarily the Wilson sisters of of Ann and Nancy, began their career in 1973. Sin, the NHL is doing a great job of appealing to the kids, aren't they? Yeah, I, I just... God. <sighs> Why not Macklemore? Honestly, it would be a little bit more fitting. Yeah. Macklemore has ties with the Seattle Kraken. Get Macklemore out there and get Mar- Marshawn Lynch just to like chill on the stage. That's it. All you have to do. Yeah. This just goes back to the NHL not knowing how to fucking market. <laughs> Yeah. I, I'm genuinely surprised. Where, where's Kenny G? 
He's from <laughs> Seattle. <laughs> Let's get some sweet sax. Is that saxophone <laughs> player Kenny G? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh, you ever seen the picture of? I think it was Kenny G. At least standing next to Miles Davis <sighs> in the picture with him, and Miles is giving him the most disgusted look. Like, who the fuck is this guy? And what? <laughs> oh, so amazing! I, I don't like. I like. I I don't know, man. Talking about the NHL is so fucking tiresome. It just seems like, like I get it. Okay, cool. Seattle X. Is there nothing, nothing bigger than them from Seattle? I mean, Macklemore is a great thing. Like at least, at the very least, that motherfucker had some hits in the last and two seems decades. Like an, seems like a good dude too. So you know, he's a great dude. Yeah, well, that's yeah. probably why he supports LGBT plus. Mm. Walk up to the club like, what up? I got a big cock. <laughs> um. um yeah, I mean, again, like hearts are mixed a lot. I, I get the idea of like, hey, kind of legendary acts of the area. I'm surprised they didn't be like, hey, grunge is still popular, right? Let's get Allison Chains up there, which would have been fucking dope, by the way. <laughs> um, I'm looking at other acts from the area. Uh, my vote would have gone to hard rock and blues act. Um, from Seattle, an all-female uh, rock band uh, by the name of Thunder Pussy. Hell yeah. I, I think, you know, justice for Thunder Pussy here. I, th- I think they um, they could have been the act. <laughs> That's a tremendous name for a Seattle-based fucking band, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, Thunder Pussy. Let's go. Yeah. I just, I, uh, <sighs> That's just they, Thundercat. Like, what the fuck? Why do they have to even be from Seattle? Like, I get it. Like, okay, yeah, we'll get some Seattle acts here. One, there's there's better ones, more modern ah. ones. One that would actually try to draw in. Like, what 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 is the target audience for the NHL? Clearly, uh, to me, it's 50-plus-year-old dudes. Clearly. Because <laughs> they don't give a fuck about player safety. They And they keep bringing on acts from the 70s and 80s. Yeah. <sighs> they should they could, be like streamed like Nirvana's greatest hits. It would have been better. Just a picture of Kurt Cobain on the Jumbotron, <laughs> and it's just them just playing lithium nonstop. Hologram Kurt. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Oh my god. Just like how they did fucking Tupac. Yeah. The fuck is up, Coachella? <laughs> Except it's Kurt Cobain. Oh, that'd you know? be fucking great. What that like like the fact that like you can look at it and to be like, you know, if they had gone for Pearl Jam, Dad Rock from Seattle. Oh yeah. They would have been considered old. And they started in 1990. Nine years before Sir Mix a lot. Or after Sir Mix a Lot. And again, Heart started in 1973. They're a great band. Like, don't get me wrong. Solid, solid band. But it's just like, that's not how, this isn't how you grow the game. <laughs> it's not yeah. how you appeal to young audiences, which should be your fucking goal. Yeah. I mean, just. Like, what are the focus groups that the NHL bring in? They just go to the nearest retirement home? 
so there was a presentation that I had the luxury of seeing from the NHL in regards to marketing. And one big thing that they were hitting on for gamers and content creators. Yeah, gamers. Do you know what type of content they were like, you know, it would be cool to really see people make? Mascot related content. Hmm. Do some do some stuff, make some TikTok videos using the mascots in the video game. That'll go over well. And they were deadly serious. So I don't think they know who they're marketing to, why they're marketing to them, who they should be marketing to instead. I don't think they know. Genuinely. And it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. When you start to look at all these different aspects and just like, oh, well, this is why the NHL is still behind baseball, who continues to struggle. Um, I mean, baseball gets more headlines with fake headlines. <laughs> Get out of my brain. Yeah. Get out of my brain. You were in Finland as the, were you not? As yes. the Shohei Otani. Yep debacle was going on your thoughts on that and otani to toronto and it how it encapsulates the fucking standard of quote-unquote journalism days i mean oh you and well, i have similar thoughts on this where it's like what a fucking shit show all of this is isn't it yeah like the, well the, the whole to- otani thing for me is just what, what it did it's cool. It's exciting, I guess, you know, large free agency thing. And then, like, like clockwork, ever, all these hockey people come out of the woodwork and be like, see, like, oh, why can't we have this sort of excitement? It's like, do you guys have a short memory? We do have this sort of excitement. Maybe just not on the same level. You know, Tavares, Stamkos, do you, like, do you remember mm. all these amazing? Imagine what happens if McDavid goes to free agency, okay? Like, mm. the reason why Otani probably walked is because of the very fundamental flaw in baseball where there are tiers of teams and there's always going to be tiers of teams and don't point to last year's world series and be like, look, it's that's an outlier. That's like always the same sort of teams competing. And it's always the teams that spend the most amount of money. And where does Shohei Otani go to with the team that probably spends the most amount of money out of anyone? Mm. Last I checked a few years ago they they were like their, their expenditure on players was over like 200 to 300 million, which is absurd. And so these people say, see, mostly Toronto people, because, well, why, why would they want a hard cap to not be a thing? I wonder. Um, they're like, this is why the hard cap's bad. But it's no, because baseball is bad because of the reasons I just illustrated. Because there are poor teams that are always going to be shit. So why, do, why, would te- why would fans get behind those teams? If they're going to continue to be shit again and again and again, because they just cannot compete with that smaller payroll. And again, when magical things happen, it's always an outlier. It's not the norm. It's not anything. I don't want hockey to be like that. Why do you want to kill the sport? Hockey's good 
because teams there's it's all it's always in flux. There's always a cycle of what's going to happen. Teams are going to be good for a while. They may be good for decades, but they're always going to have to take a step back and rebuild. Look at the Red Wings near 20 year playoff streak, having to rebuild now, trying to make their way back. And Hmm. I don't want hockey to have. You know, the situation that baseball does where it's like, oh, this team's going to be shit because they always are. Let's see. Which of the eight teams, which of the eight rich teams am I going to cheer for? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking Fuck at off, man. I'm looking at the uh, this was from the beginning of the year in April. Uh, MLB team payrolls. Yeah, the two New York teams at the top. This season was disastrous for the Mets and the Yankees, for that matter, but always spending money. San Diego was up there. Didn't necessarily happen. Um, Philadelphia, Dodgers, Angels. You know, it, it will be a bit cyclical in terms of what team's spending money at what time. But not to the extent of the of the NHL, right? Like no. Oakland has been, they were at the bottom this year. They're, they've been at the bottom for Forever. a very long time. Even when they were fielding more competitive teams, the payroll was still low. There's literally a book in a movie about that. Yeah. Um, Baltimore has been at the bottom for a really long time. I don't even know if like 20 years ago when they had like Brian Roberts and Miguel Tejada, if they were still spending that much comparatively. I doubt it. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays have always been towards the fucking bottom of payroll. They've done well despite that. But still haven't won a World Series. They've been to one. Um, Pittsburgh, always kind of at the bottom. Cincinnati, always kind of at the bottom. Um, whereas in the NHL, you know, we talked about it 10 years ago. Who was at the bottom of the league? Colorado, mm-hmm. Tampa. Look at what they've done since, you know? Yep. So. A hard cap is good. The reason. No, let Toronto spend more money. No, they like that. that's a thing. The people, people are addressing the wrong thing. You're getting mad at the wrong thing. Get mad at the NHL for being shit at marketing, which we just talked about, for being shit at promoting their stars so they don't get bigger TV deals, endorsement deals, etc. to be able to raise the cap. Get that's mad fair. at that. You wouldn't need a hard cap. You wouldn't need a hard cap or a, a soft cap where you can go above, you know, like a, a baseball, right? Like you have the overage and then that overage is dispersed amongst the, you know, the, the teams that make less money. But you wouldn't need that in hockey if you were to just, like you said, have these bigger, better deals. Mm. Um, you know, the NBA has it as well, but obviously the NHL is not going to be in anywhere near the you know NBA strategy, you know, stratosphere. I think there's positives and negatives to both, but it does feel like what would be best for hockey is yeah, just get your shit together in the first place. Yeah, you know, that'd be, that'd be nice. Like the NBA does both. Because they have their shit together and they have the, the cap overage where the richer teams still help support lower or smaller market clubs. Because, again, they have the shit together, so you can do both. Yeah. The NHL can't even do one. Right nope. <laughs> oh, God. Um, in terms of other things here, wanted to mention this. Uh, might be the last thing that we cover. Be up to you guys. Um, Alex Ovechkin has set a new career high in games without a goal at 14. We had Nick Olchek on the show at the beginning of the year 
And we kind of talked about whether or not we thought Obi was going to make it. And the, the consensus was, yeah. I mean, come on. He's not going to he's not going to fall off that much. He had 42 goals last year. He has. I'm going to leave. I'm, I'll quiz you again. 29 games played. How many goals? For Alexander Seven. Ovechkin? Seven. And six, not even six. Five. <sighs> Alex Ovechkin has five goals. It's dead. The dream is dead. Everyone, everyone. There are. Let's see. 219 players in the league right now that have more goals than Alexander Ovechkin. Luminaries, including Mason Appleton, Dmitry Voronkov. How many people know, know how many people know what team Dmitry Voronkov even plays for? I don't know if if is Appleton still in Winnipeg? I don't even know. Yes, he is still in okay. Winnipeg. <laughs> um Connor DeWar. What was it? Um Dmitry Voronkov. I'm assuming Arizona because they have a bunch of nobodies. Fun fact, <laughs> not real. No, he is. He played for Columbus. Oh. <laughs> I was tempted to mix in like a Josh. Smith, and you're like, who the fuck is Josh? But there are names like that. Um, shout out to Ty Cartier. He's up there. There's literally five pages worth of names. Dude, Nick Felino has more goals Damn. than Alexander Ovechkin. Does Corey Perry? Probably not. <laughs> um. <laughs> Sean Corrali, Tommy Novak, Brooms Oliver Ekman Larson has more goals than Alex Ovechkin. Wow. Jimmy Vesey, the GOAT. Um, Dakota Joshua. What a name. Another Blue Jacket, Justin Danforth. What the hell is with the Blue Jackets? <laughs> I think the question is more what the hell is up with Alex Ovechkin. Oh, not to mention with seven goals on the season. William Eklund. You're damn right. Four of those game winners, by the way. Unbelievable. Um, I, I keep looking here because the name quality is... Uh, by the way, Fabian Zetterland, eight goals. You're damn right. He's season. a goal scorer. And the best <laughs> of them all, with eight goals in 31 games, Cole Caulfield. Bobby Moynihan. Oh, okay. High top six, motherfuckers. I told you. I told you. All you Habs fans can lick my taint. Not elite. Not elite. All right, still young. You can still be. But ah, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna take that time to dunk. Since I had to eat crow last year when he did really good. Fair. Not elite. I recommend people go through the list of top goal scorers in the NHL right now because it is fascinating. To see just how bad Ovi has been in comparison to some other people. Dude, Trevor Moore, Leafs legend, Trevor Moore on the LA Kings, has three times as many goals as Alexander Ovechkin this season so far. Crazy. Michael Carcone. (laughs) (laughs) These are made up. (laughs) These are made up people. Would you say that? These are 20, 30. (laughs) 
These are 2035 draft names in NHL. Uh, <laughs> 14 <laughs> goals for Arizona this season. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Leaf Legend, I think. He's played for a bunch of teams before settling. Down. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, the list, it just gets it gets more hilarious as you uh, as you go through it. It's a really fun time. Well, this is um, what we feared. If there would just be that one day where he can't score anymore. I still hope he rebounds, but fuck, I don't, I hope it's not over, man. Like I wanted uh, records got to be broken. (sighs) Like we had talked about that, right? The idea Mm -hmm. of it's not going to be this gradual fall off more than likely. There is a real chance that just one day he's going to just fall off a cliff. And there's a chance that that uh, the future is now old man is a term that I've seen a lot because the capitals around him are putting up points. Um, You know, he does have 18 points on the season, but Dylan Strom. Okay. Here are his teammates that have as many or more goals than Ovi. Dylan yeah. Strom, Tom Wilson, Evgeny Kuznetsov, who has been healthy scratch this season. Uh, Anthony Mantha. Connor McMichael. Uh, and shout out to Sonny Milano, who has one fewer goal. Then Alexander, the greatest goal scorer of our time, Ovechkin, at 38 years old. He might you be know done. it's bad when they took they took Ovi off of his uh off of his spot. You know who has his spot right now? Dylan Strom on the power play. Oof. Not even joking. He legitimately has his spot now. If he doesn't have that, what does he have? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It. Um, <laughs> this is for the wrestling fans out there. Um, in, in New Japan Pro Wrestling, their, their top star for the past decade has been a guy by the name of Okada. And they did a storyline where he lost his world title and didn't know what to do with himself. So he kind of went crazy. <laughs> And developed a fascination for balloons. <clears throat> Just to be like, see, I'm happy. I'm having a good fun time. This is great. Ha 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 ha. And then a wrestler like popped his balloons. And he did an interview where he's like, without my balloons, what even am I? <laughs> I am nothing. <laughs> so this is like Ovi now where it's like, without my, without my spot, what even am yeah. I? And I don't know. I don't know what Alexander Ovechkin is without his fucking one T uh, people. Did people finally figure out to cover Alexander Ovechkin in the Ovi yeah, spot? Is that what happened? After, after yeah. 20 years, we finally figured it out. I don't, I don't know, man. I don't think so. It's like, <sighs> I haven't been able to watch much. Obviously they're an East coast team and, but that's just troubling. It's really, really troubling. 14 goals games without a goal. That is crazy. It might be done. Well, with that, gentlemen, uh, anything else on our list there that you guys absolutely wanted to get to? Or are you uh, nah, good with calling good. it for the week? Yeah, I think we're good. Uh, I forgot All to right. mention beginning of the show that I'm healthy again, which is good. Yeah. Uh, down 20 pounds, which is actually really, oh, really good. Yeah. Good for you, man. Now, is that from the sickness? No, it, it legitimately isn't from the sickness. I lost there. five from the sickness, and then like I kind of recovered, and then I just started losing more weight. So I'm I'm happy with that, you know. Oh, man. Especially with you, my dude. my cardiovascular scare a couple years back, 
The doctor was like, hey, you got to lose some weight. And I'm like, fuck you, I ain't. And then I realized, oh, shit, I look like shit when I have my sh- take my shirt off. And I just like, you know what? I'm losing weight. And then you spent half this podcast eating, eating Taco, Taco Bell. Bell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, glad you, I'm glad you tuned into that. Oh, God. And all that matters is if my calorie, my calorie intake is not higher than what I'm losing itself. If oh, I'm yes. in a deficit, the I'm fine. Granted, I'd be good to have nutrients, but still, you know. No crazy trends are going to do it. That's what it comes down to is good old caloric deficit. Mm-hmm. With that, we'll wind things down. Endo, what do you got going on? Um, crying. Um, nothing right it's now. Season. I actually have to clean up this place because, like I guess the beginning of the show, Paulina's dad is visiting. Ah. Duh. <laughs> Papa. Uh, the flight is literally in the air as we speak. And yeah. so I have to be at the airport for nine o'clock in the morning to pick him up. And then we're going to go to the Russian supermarket and then grab him whatever the hell he wants because he is the guest. <laughs> Instead of taking him somewhere different, you're like, nah, let's just get you the stuff <laughs> that you're used to. <laughs> that's what that's what Polina said. Papa, it's like, give us your borscht. <laughs> <laughs> He said, quote, all I need to be happy is a yoga mat and, and cottage cheese, but none of that fake crap with the water in it. And I'm like, all right, let, let's go. I'm like, da, 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 please, yes. Okay, let, man. Make, make sure you're happy. Yeah, but that's that's all I got to deal with. That and cleaning up. Sin, anything to mention here on the way out? Uh, no, I'm going to try to get back into making videos pretty soon. <laughs> It's it's tough yeah. once you've taken time off, even if it's a couple well, of days to get back in the groove, let alone a couple well, yeah, of weeks. That and, you know, losing the multitude of videos I lost due to yeah. uh, EA just deciding to delete them. That's <sighs> just like, I, I'm so demotivated uh, of N- by NHL games that like, man, it just sucks. So I'm, I, yeah, try to find something, do that. And I want to do other content too, like. You gave me a good idea with the tier lists. I'm gonna like I'm gonna do some tier list stuff for like hockey related things like logos and whatnot. Who knows? I don't know. But yeah, it sucks. <laughs> it really sucks feeling demotivated because yeah, I should have had content on my channel the whole fucking time I was gone. But mm-hmm. nope. I feel like it's just it's a natural thing to happen though, to kind of hit a wall for one reason or another, and then just be like, all right, what am I gonna do from here? Where am I going to go? Yeah. Am I going to mix things up? Am I going to, you know, I, I mean, I've, I'm at the same point too. You know, I've kind of mentioned it on stream and everything like 2024, looking at making some changes, doing some different things, um, you know, just see where it leads. But, you know, it's, it's tough, right? Like it's the reason why, like on Twitch, I bounce around from sports game to sports game because you can't just do the same thing all the time. Otherwise you end up in February being like, man, ultimate team sucks, right? Unless it's NHL 24, in which case I've been seeing those posts for a month and a half already. So yeah, fun times. Um, and who knows again, maybe Parsec pals an old NHL franchise could be coming back. We'll talk more Please. about that soon. Gentlemen in the new year though, once people have kind of settled down and gotten things going for now, everybody, thank you for listening. We will be back probably next week at some time probably back half of the week probably we'll see we'll have to figure that one out in terms of what everyone's got going on for the holidays but we hope you 
Have a great holiday or a Monday, if that's what you're going to call it. Which Merry is fine Christmas. by us. Um, in case you somehow don't, you'll hear from us before the end of the year, but in case you somehow don't, thank you for supporting the podcast this year. It's been an interesting year. Um, and and if you if you are so inclined, why not? I, I am willing Chrysler. to throw this out there. I am willing to lay down the gauntlets Merry and Christmas. mobilize our friendos. Happy Chinooka. Please contact our friends. Partners at manscaped.com and tell them that they need to pay the boys here the money that they owe them. Thank you very much for that. Contractually uh, obliged. I will contact my cousin who is a lawyer and we'll, we'll sue them. No, um, but I want my money. I want to be able to buy a nice Christmas present for my father-in-law. Okay. That's what I really want to do. Papa, you're borscht. <laughs> <laughs>